You are listening to the Purpose of Money podcast, a podcast where we talk about ways to build wealth and create more freedom in your life today. I am your host, Aquania Escarnay. Hey guys, welcome back to the Purpose of Money podcast. I'm super excited today to be joined with Patrice Davis. Today, we're going to talk about how business owners can leverage grants to fund their business in 2023. Mm-hmm. Patrice Davis is the founder of Grants Works, a grant consulting company that helps organizations and municipalities and businesses find, secure, and manage government and foundation grants. She has 13 years of experience and her company has applied for and managed over $131 million in government grants. Hi, Patrice. How are you doing today? Welcome to the show. Hi, Aquania. Thank you for having me. This is a super exciting conversation to have because Mm -hmm. some of you guys who have been listening for a while may know that last year, a friend and I joint ventured on a series featuring women entrepreneurs, especially women of color. Mm -hmm. And what some of you may remember is that we received three grants to fund that podcast joint venture and use that money to help support the cost of production and also to pay for some of the equipment we needed to do the series. And so this is actually the first time I've been able to talk about the importance of grants and funding your business ventures. Mm-hmm. And it is really important that people know it, it can be used for specific projects or it can be used to fund your entire mission. So now we get to be joined by an expert who can give us some light into how do we make this happen. So Patrice, thank you so much again for being here today because you are the government grants guru that I've always wanted to know. Yeah. And I'm super excited that someone in my community who's super active and loves to continue to help all of us grow recommended you for the show. So this is all in divine order. Absolutely. So before we dive into a super dope conversation on grants and foundations and why you need to use their money to run your business, Mm -hmm. I want my listeners to learn a little bit more about you and who you are. So Mm -hmm. my first question is a signature question I ask all my guests, Mm -hmm. which is what was money like for you when you were growing up? Wow. So money was growing up. It was, um, you know, it wasn't something I had to think a lot about. Um, and so when it be, when I became a young adult and I then had this responsibility, um, I would have to say I really was unprepared. Uh, when I say I didn't have to think a lot about it was, you know, growing up, I'm from the Caribbean and, um, uh, I was raised for a few years by my grandparents while my, my mom and dad were trying to get things established here. And um, he was known in the community. He did well for himself. He was a very successful entrepreneur. Um, so I would have to say money was something that I never had to think about. And when I became an adult, um, I wasn't ready. Um, but thankfully, over time, um, and of course, having a family, um, you learn to, you know, uh, figure out your priorities real quick. And um, as a result, thankfully, we've made some some progress and some good decisions. And, you know, now we are very much more in control of uh, of where we are, of our finances. 
I love that. Tell me where you're from, because my family's from Panama and I'm all about the West Indians coming here and making our way. <laughs> yes. So I'm actually from Jamaica. Um, I was actually born and raised, came here when I was about nine and then went back for a few years, lived with my grandparents um, and then came back, I would say, permanently around 13, 12, 13. And um, so, yeah, raised by an, an immigrant mom who, like a lot of immigrants, you come here and even though you they leave behind a lot of experience, sometimes really accomplished positions, and they have to come here, as you know, and almost start over. And so that grit and that striving and that doing what you can with the little you have um, was a really great thing to um, to see. And now I realize I'm emulating that. Um, as an adult, obviously, and, um, and of course, as a business owner. I absolutely love that. And I completely understand. Mm-hmm. My great grandfather came from Jamaica originally, mm-hmm. but then migrated to Panama to work on a canal and mm-hmm. then same came to the U.S. to New York specifically to settle and sent for his kids later. Mm-hmm. And so um, everyone came over eventually. But my dad is also born mm-hmm. in Panama and pretty much lived there until he was about six mm-hmm. and then came to the U.S. But my parents met in middle school. Mm-hmm. And so my dad always tells me stories about his grandfather who had 10 jobs, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he was very prominent in the community. He was a mm-hmm. superintendent. He worked for the post office. He worked in the school system. He had a store. He yeah. used to give money away to yeah. people in the church and whoever needed it and eventually built a real estate portfolio. So he had mm-hmm. purchased a lot of real estate mm-hmm. and um, collected passive income through rent. Mm-hmm. And my dad used to go with him mm-hmm. to collect the rent from the tenants. So that's when he was like, man, grandpa has money. And then he's always giving away money. Mm-hmm. And then he has all these streams of income mm-hmm. at an age where it probably wasn't said to him like, oh, have multiple streams of income, but it was witnessed by him. Right. Absolutely. Um, but that grit is what shaped my dad into knowing, OK, you can have a career in the military like he did, Mm -hmm. but you can leverage that money to do multiple things. So my dad invested in real estate, Mm -hmm. um, also collecting rents later in his life Mm -hmm. as a real estate investor. So I totally understand Mm -hmm. how the influence of our parents and the things that they did to start over in the United States has definitely shaped our lives. So thank you so much for sharing that Mm because I know a lot of my listeners are in similar positions too. Mm -hmm. But but let's hop into this story about how in the world did you discover your passion and your purpose mm-hmm. to help business owners and municipalities mm-hmm. find grant money? Like what was your aha moment when you were like, I can do this and I should be doing this for other people? Wow, that is a great, you know, um, so uh, I started out in marketing, went to college met, um, and started out in an advertising and marketing career. Um, but then once I had my children, I have tr- three children, I decided I didn't want to have latchkey kids. And so I decided to um, leave my career, my full time, you know, burgeoning career um, as an account executive managing marketing campaigns. I did this for both international campaigns and domestic campaigns. 
Um, I decided to intentionally down, quote unquote, downgrade my career and shifted to working for a nonprofit because it gave me the flexibility that I needed. Um, and so at that nonprofit, I was able to leverage the skills I had managing really detailed marketing campaigns, doing the ROI analysis and all the things that one does before and after a campaign um, and used it to crunch numbers for government grants. I, I have a, you know, I, you know, as you get older, you start to realize what your skills are. And so I realized, wait a minute, I'm really good at analyzing, really good at crunching the numbers. I care very deeply about accuracy and the way that my work is presented. And basically, I was able to take those skills and start managing a government, managing nine government grants uh, for a local nonprofit here in Atlanta called Jerusalem House. I'll be happy to say their name because they do really great work. Um and basically, um, from Jerusalem House, I then became the first grant compliance officer for uh, the Carter Center. Um, of course, that's the Jimmy Carter Center that's here in Atlanta. Then I shifted to an actual um, uh, position, an employee position at the CDC, um, where I was a public health analyst. It's, it's an interesting story because getting into the federal government as an employee is not an easy task, but thankfully it worked out. I decided after two years, mm, you know, federal government is not necessarily for me. Things move a little bit too slowly. That whole spoke in the wheel thing, um, I didn't want to be a part of that. And so worked at Georgia Tech as a research program manager. The reason I'm going through this is to basically demonstrate the different environments where I manage grants, because even at the CDC, I reviewed the grant continuation applications from many, you know, top research universities just to see how much progress they made with their grant. Um, so by the time I'd already accumulated, I don't know, 13 years of experience, I actually had now have um, 15, almost 16 years of experience, um, I decided uh, after becoming a senior director uh, for federal grants at uh, Boys and Girls Clubs of America that I, I now had enough skills. I had actually always thought about entrepreneurship. I decided this is information that companies will pay money for. Um, um, I can either use it to benefit one organization or I can use it as that pivot I've always wanted to make. I've always wanted to pivot to entrepreneurship, tried a few things. This was the thing I knew would be able to, um, you know, take me to the next step. And of course, the great thing about it is that I get to work with emerging organizations um, such as emerging nonprofits, businesses, um, universities, and I mean, as I said, municipalities. So it's really um, an interesting number of pivots and detours that got me to the point where I was. I decided I wanted to use the skills I learned to actually, um, you know, launch and grow a business, and of course, help uh, people while I'm doing it. I love that because I tell people all the time, there are skills your job is paying you for that you mm -hmm. can do outside of work yes. and somebody will pay you, if not the same, more to do it. Mm -hmm. And when you're in a business of helping companies, municipalities and organizations find money so they yes. can operate, mm -hmm. you are in a golden business, right? Yes. Because yeah. what you're doing literally changes lives mm -hmm. when they have the funding to do the mission they are more successful. Mm -hmm. So this is um, a good transition into my next question, which is mm -hmm. why do you think so many people, companies, businesses, municipalities do not pursue grants as a great way to fund their companies? Mm -hmm. Why is it not necessarily the first thing they go to? What are some of the challenges you think that hold people back? 
That's a great question. Um, so I think for a lot of people, grants seem like this big cloud of this, this, you know, sort of like this dark cloud of information. And it's hard for them to figure out what's real, what is a scam, um, and, you know, where the, where the money really, um, um, exists and how they can access that money. So, um, interestingly, research un- universities and, um, governments and nonprofits, they are really, really hip and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they, they pursue grants all the time because they understand, of course, and that's what everyone should understand that grants are free money. Um, now, is it free in terms of some of the things that you may have to do to report on what you did with the funds? Some would say, well, maybe that's not free because it does take some time to report back to the grantor, which makes sense, what you've done with the funds. Uh, so grants are essentially free money. And I think that a lot of business owners, sometimes they're already you know, managing so many aspects of their business that for them to take the time out to learn how to apply for a grant. And then, of course, um, you know, it, it sometimes that can seem a little overwhelming. And so a lot of them, what they do is they end up finding a few grants that they may have heard of from this friend or from that friend. Um, they either then they spend the time trying to find a grant writer. Um, sometimes they find grant writers that really don't have the experience that they say they have. They get burned. And then they decide, you know what, I'm not going to go down this this grant path anymore. So my recommendation, if you don't mind me giving a recommendation at this point, is um, find out what grants um, are, you know, are actually funding the types of businesses, um, find the type of business that you have. And I can, you know, I can easily share some tips on doing that. Um, and then spend the time trying to find a good grant writer with actual experience and who can actually demonstrate that they've won grants in the past. Um, please don't expect the grant writer to do any work for free. If they're accepting free work, they're not an experienced grant writer. Any good grant writer worth their salt knows just how much it takes for them to um, meet with you. If you don't already have some of this information written down somewhere, really grab and get the information about your business, about the impact your business has, um, uh, more, you know, about your market, about what you've accomplished. Take everything that they've learned from speaking with you or from gathering information that you may already have. Then researching, you know, the exter- some external details about your, your market and then putting that into a really strong and competitive and compelling application and then sending that off. So I think it's, it's, that sounds like a lot, but it's really not a lot if you find the right grant consultant who's going to lead you down a certain path. Pull that information, um, you know, uh, from you know, really get that information from you and then pre- and then prepare a really strong proposal. I absolutely agree with you. I think that a lot of times as business owners, we don't even know how to tell our own story, yeah. which makes it a challenge in itself mm-hmm. because we're like, I'm busy trying to do the business, right? Mm-hmm. The work of the business. I don't have time to tell my story, but mm-hmm. telling your story is necessary. It's not only the way you get customers, clients, and repeat buyers. Mm-hmm. It is also the way you can get free money, as you said. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that you emphasize is free money it might Mm -hmm. have some strings attached you might have to prove how you spent it Mm -hmm. or only spend it on certain things Mm -hmm. but it can free up your capital to do other things so Mm -hmm. we should not ignore the power of free money so that is really 
what I wanted to get into. Please, honey, share all the tea because on the podcast, I'm all about how-to tips and I want people to leave with so much value. Mm -hmm. So if you have websites people can go to to maybe vet grant opportunities or even grant writers, please share those Um, because I'm definitely interested to know tips to help people get started because Mm -hmm. I'm not sure maybe this is a great time for you to talk about grants works but Mm -hmm. is there a particular stage that I need to be in my business before I come to you for help Mm -hmm. Um, because I know some companies will say well I want you to have proven you can secure one grant or something Mm -hmm. on your own before you come to me so Mm -hmm. tell me what stage could I be in my business and get help from you Excellent. So there are a couple of things. So, um, so in order to, when you approach, you need to, in my, in my, and I wouldn't say my opinion, this is really the the truth of the matter. Um, There are few grants out there that are going to fund startup costs unless um, that grant, that grantor or or foundation or corporation specifically develops a, um, you know, a grant funding, um, let's say they develop grant funding specifically for that. For the most part, they are going to want an organization that's been in business for at least two years. You have to have something to demonstrate what you've actually accomplished um, in your market. I do want to be, um, I do want to make sure it's very clear to most, um, to your listeners that many foundations do not fund um uh, for-profit um, um, organizations, businesses, um, but some do. And when they do, they're typically described as prizes or fellowships. And what they are in those fellowships or prizes are for a specific purpose. So uh, say, for example, one of my clients, uh, she, um, uh, you know, what's her name, but basically she runs a company that uh, helps entrepreneurs get funding. Um, and so I helped, I wrote a grant for her to get a very prestigious fellowship. That fellowship funded some specific activities. It was $150,000 fellowship. Not only did she get the funding, um, she of course has the additional, I don't know, prestige, I guess, of getting that funding and then being able to direct that $150,000 towards that exact activity. Um, and of course, it includes, you know, um, meeting with her, you know, people in her cohort. It included uh, traveling um, to two or three retreats. So those funding opportunities are out there. Um, I do want to also uh, make sure that your listeners are aware that many of the grants that are prizes and fellowships as you said, are typically for a specific purpose. But as Aquania made, you know, um, you know, really made a great point that it frees up your capital to other to do other things in your business. Um, but I am going to share a couple of organizations that are um, offering grants. So, of course, you know, many of them, you may have heard of the Tory Birch Foundation. Um, they tend to have uh, a number of um, grant funding opportunities for women-owned businesses specifically. Then you have the FedEx Small Grants, um, small business grants. You have um, Comcast even had a, a grant that they uh, were offering in certain um, industries. If they were targeting certain certain communities, such as Detroit, Atlanta, uh, Chicago, I don't remember the other cities. So what I would do for as a, as a small business owner is I would look at those corporate foundations that are interested in funding not um, uh, for-profit entities. Most family foundations, like maybe... You've probably heard of the Kresge Foundation or, um, you know, 
you know, even the Hilton foundations, they are typically interested in funding nonprofits that are doing uh, work that align with that foundation's purpose or mission. So those are just two or three that I can think of right now. Um, now I do want to point out my, um, I focus quite a bit on government grants. Um, and one of the things I've shared with a lot of um, listeners and, and uh, on my webinars is that when the American Rescue Plan Act passed, and a lot of times we hear about these laws passing, and we don't realize how much impact they could actually have on our lives. So the American Rescue Plan Act, when it was passed, I believe in 2021, it released into the, into, I would call across the country and even into um, territories, if you want to um, call them that, billions and billions of dollars. So what happened is every eligible local county government, city county gov city government and state government received billions of dollars. Some of them received money that's that exceeded their their budget for the year. Um, and a lot of um, um, companies were able to qualify for grants from their city government or for them for their county government. And uh, so just wanted to make sure that you all are aware that those government grants are also a way for you to um, access um, this this free grant funding. That is amazing and a really good point to bring up. One mm -hmm. question I have for you is mm -hmm. when is the best time to apply for a grant? I know you're helping people apply every day, 365, mm -hmm. but is there a particular time of year when companies are giving away more than they normally would in other times of the year where they're more conservative? You know, that's a great question. I haven't seen, I haven't, there, I haven't noticed a seasonality in grant making. Um, I would, I, I would think though, um, but I don't want to, you know, I don't certainly don't want to jump to assumptions, but I would think definitely, you know, the final quarter of a year, uh, many of these corporate foundations um, may not have been, they may have, they may want to maybe enhance or increase the, the rate at which they're actually uh, doing the grant making that they committed to themselves to. Um, but, um, but no, I haven't actually noticed the seasonality also because I work very, I'm most of my work is in government grants. Um, you know, when the, when the U S federal government, when their new fiscal year starts in October of um, each year, you know, there's usually, that's when a lot of agencies get some clarity about what funding they're going to have. Agencies such as the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, U.S. Small Business Administration. Um, and that's when you start to notice a lot of uh, what they call forecasts and announcements about grants that are going to be coming down the pike that they'll fully announce in the next two to three months. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So y'all hear that. So I, what I heard just to <laughs> repeat is you should be applying to grants all the time exactly. and it should be a part of your business plan. So mm -hmm. I would encourage everyone listening today to consider putting grants on your quarterly schedule, maybe evaluating when you do your planning for the following year, trying to look for all the grant possibilities for the next year. And then if they have specific deadlines, then plan them out per quarter and mm -hmm. get ahead of the game. Right. But mm -hmm. then at the end of the year, depending on 
uh, your fiscal year or whatever, you can really, really hone on some companies because they're probably giving away more money in mm-hmm. that last quarter, um, mm-hmm. especially if they get money from the government. So that's mm-hmm. really, really interesting and uh, a great takeaway because I always thought it was the beginning of the year, they'd be more conservative and the end of the year, they'd be giving it away so they'll get more funding. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that you just dispelled that myth for me because- mm-hmm it's not right, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that people need to know money's always there. If you have that open, abundant mindset, you will Mm -hmm. find the coins and you will apply. So Mm -hmm. I want everyone to listen to this episode and most importantly, take action. Mm -hmm. When you've talked about some great ways to get started and and at what point they should come work with you. Mm -hmm. But I also wanted to ask you, what are the common mistakes that you see business owners make? Because we need to kind of avoid some things too. You know what? That's I'm gonna. That's a great question, and I'm gonna get back. I'm gonna definitely answer that. I do want to point out something that is really, really important for your listeners to know. Whether you work with my firm or another grant consultant, know that many of us offer a service called a grant prospect research report, and that's when you come to us and you say, um, Patrice, I work. I developed a new medical technology, or I developed a new system, or a new app that I believe can have this impact, right? And then you ask that grant consultant to conduct a, you know, I'm using, (laughs) you ask them to basically complete a grant prospect research report. What that research report will do is help you understand what the funding landscape looks like. What are those corporations, the corporate foundations? What are the other kinds of um, funders that exist that will fund that specific kind of project or business or product? Um, and then many times that, well, what they should be preparing for you is a report. And then that report should lay out all of those funders. Um, and, and what we actually prepare also in our report is a grant calendar. So we come to you. You have a full understanding of what that funding landscape looks like. It's an executive summary. It's a grant calendar. It's a research chart. So you know exactly what your game plan could be for uh, either the upcoming year or if you come to us at a certain point, maybe you come to us in the third, in the fourth quarter of, let's say, 2022. Now you have your grant uh, planning um, laid out for 2023. So that's one thing. And many of those, and obviously you may not be able to pursue every single one um, because we typically do 15 to 20 grants uh, that may be available. Then maybe, of course, you can consider what you can apply for in 2024. Uh, so, um, and I'm sorry, your question again, Aquani. <laughs> oh, the mistakes, the common mistakes you see people make. You know, one of the mistakes is uh, definitely, as you said, not, not, knowing how to tell your story in a compelling way. Um, as you said, many times as business owners, we're so caught up in getting the work done and focusing on the task and submitting that next thing or sending that next email that we don't really take the time to really sit, think about our journey, think about how this product came to be, um, and, and really think through the history and the evolution of um, you, you, you as a business owner, your product, um, what it, your experience was when you first entered a market, um, what pivots you took so that you could expand your market. All of those things are really important. So even if you were to sit down, and if you don't think you're a great writer, I mean, you just make sure you create a really strong outline, a bulleted outline of what your experience was so that when you go to a grant writer, they have something to work with. 
Otherwise, they will be spending a lot of time, and many of them charge by the hour. We don't charge by the hour, but you, now they're spending time trying to get information from you so that they can write your story. Spend some time, figure out what your story is, even if you're not a great writer, do it in bulleted outlines, and then hand it to your grant writer and say, here, this is what my story as a business owner has been, or this is the story of our of getting our product to market. Um this is when we realized we needed to maybe tweak, you know, this aspect of our, our product or our service. Um, and as a result, we now have this, you know, uh, potential. And what we're looking for is funding to take that potential to the next level. So imagine having all of that already laid out for a grant writer. And if they're a good grant writer, they're going to take everything you've gave, you've given them, layer on top of it things about the market that maybe you hadn't even considered. And that's what makes it a really strong and compelling proposal. It comes from you first before the grant writer can actually um, prepare something that's competitive. Please, and I think a, and a second mistake, this actually leads to a second mistake, thinking your grant writer is a magician. Your grant writer is not a magician. <laughs> the grant writer, and, and it, it, you know, the grant writer cannot, they can only write a stronger proposal as the information that you provide to them. Um, so that's definitely the second mistake. The third mistake is thinking the grant writer should uh, work for free or asking the grant writer, well, can I pay you after I receive the grant? Um, no, please uh, respect the time, effort and professionalism of a good grant writer um, and pay them um, for all, everything that I just described as work. That's a lot of hours. Many of us as business owners, we now value our time like we probably never valued it. Like, I don't know about you, Aquania. I value my time, you know, uh, I, because my time, um, the time that I take doing things that are not money making activities our time is obviously time that's taken away from those money-making activities. So um, as a grant writer, they're spending hours getting this information from you before they even begin writing. So respect that time, that same respect and, and, and um, respect and, you know, and, uh, and care that you take in managing your time. Um, understand that the grant writer who's also a business professional uh, needs to also be compensated for that time. So just, 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 three things that uh, that I wanted to think about. I can give yes. a fourth. <laughs> Real quick fourth. Okay, Gil, go ahead, go ahead. When you get your, when, you know, when and if you are funded, it is important that you have a financial management system. And Aquanya made, a, you know, kind of alluded to this earlier. If, say, for example, you have, make sure you have a financial management system, period. It doesn't have to be fancy. It could be the lowest version of QuickBooks or FreshBooks, whatever it is. Have a financial management system because just in case you get a $50,000 grant from some big foundation or, you know, $150,000 grant and they say, we only want to fund this activity or this part of your product or we only want to help you uh, get this product to market, then you need to be able to make sure sure that you're you're only using their funds for that purpose um when you get really good at that then you can go after those government grants where they're really going to be checking on how um well your financial management system has been set up because um you know now you're getting government funds and obviously mm -hmm. that's taxpayer dollars mm -hmm. and so that's just a heavier um not heavier that's just much more accountability that you need to make sure you you are prepared for 
Facts, facts. Yes, I love that. I asked for three. You said I got four. And I want you guys <laughs> to pay close attention because this matters. I remember the grants we received. One of them was like, spend it how you want it, boo. We don't care. But another one was like, no salaries. Mm-hmm. And if you need to hire a person to do something, ask permission first, but yep. you can't pay yourself. So mm-hmm. when we needed a graphic designer to do the cover art for the podcast, mm-hmm. we had to get that approved but mm-hmm. when i needed a webcam they were like go ahead get whatever mm-hmm. webcam you want but your budget is x mm-hmm. um and i can't emphasize enough and we actually did an excel spreadsheet and mm-hmm. we kept receipts right because mm-hmm. even though they said you won this money they mm-hmm. wanted receipts yeah they didn't just want our word for it like mm-hmm. yeah i spent this on a webcam i got mm-hmm. it last week they're like okay <laughs> show me the receipt exactly. so <laughs> you need to have a system and i think in general business owners need to have a financial management system that works mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you need to know where your money is coming mm-hmm. and going mm-hmm. but i love that thank you so much for sharing that and mm-hmm. if anyone wants to keep working with you i'm going to give you in a second mm-hmm. the opportunity to drop all the links all sure. the websites Absolutely. but mm-hmm. i gotta ask you my other signature question mm-hmm. so the name of the podcast is called the purpose of money mm-hmm. so i asked all my guests this question mm-hmm. what is your purpose for money oh i had to take a deep breath on that one Aquania. so the purpose <laughs> for money for me is um is really tied around freedom and legacy I am trying, the purpose, it's freedom and legacy. I, um, you know, I want to be able to live life and I am living life on my own terms, right? Um, That is the reason why I decided to stop being someone's employee and go through what it takes to become an entrepreneur and a successful entrepreneur because I want and I value my freedom. I also want to leave a legacy, not just for my children, um, um, uh, you know, um, but I also want to, leave a legacy in the country I'm from. I have things that I'm trying to accomplish in Jamaica. Um, and even here, and of course, in Atlanta, I've come to learn, um, love this city and I want to do some things. And so that the freedom and legacy are the purpose of money um, for money in my life. And that's why I am doing what I need to do, working till two, three, four o'clock in the morning. Even though I have a staff, I'm still going to grind because um, it's bigger than me. And I'm fully aware of that. And I believe that um, that there's a divine purpose that I have. And the only way to make that divine purpose a reality is to use something that's a practical um, tool. And that's what money is, a practical tool to to achieve a divine purpose. Yes, I love that. Speaks mm-hmm. to me. A practical mm-hmm. tool to achieve a divine purpose. That might be one of my best answers. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you so much again for being on the show. Before I let you go, please tell my listeners, where can they find you? How can mm-hmm. they connect? Absolutely. So um, I'm on Instagram at Grants Works. Um, that's G-R-A-N-T-S-W-O-R-K-S. Of course, my website is GrantsWorks.com. Um, one of the things I did was I launched an academy. So it's GrantsWorksAcademy.com. Um, and then uh, one of my top courses there are, where I teach folks the basics of federal grants is Federal Grants Simplified. So you can find me on Instagram at Federal Grants Simplified. So um, I'm all over the place and I'm looking forward to hearing from your your listeners. Reach out to me. I'd yes. love to you figure out the world of grants. 
Yes, let's do it, guys. I will drop all of those links in the show notes. So make sure to check out the full show notes for the details. And I want you guys to share this episode with someone who you know needs to hear it, especially your friend who just told you they want to start a nonprofit and they want to help people and they need money to do it. Tell Mm -hmm. them to get it started. Mm -hmm. Get some proof that they are doing what they're doing and then start asking for the money. Mm -hmm. I am super excited to have had this conversation with you today patrice thank you so much for your time those who are listening also remember to leave a five-star review wherever you are we Mm -hmm. love you reviews are great reviews are just a nice free way to show your appreciation and Mm -hmm. to allow the podcast to be seen by others who may need to hear it Mm -hmm. until next time guys keep building generational wealth thank you for listening to the purpose of money podcast For more resources and information, check out my website, thepurposeofmoney.com. And while you're there, please sign up for our newsletter so you have the latest information on new episodes and blog posts. Until next time, keep creating freedom in your life today.